0: Again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls, welcome to the chatter, the chatter box. This is episode 51, believe it or not. On Monday, July 11th, in the year of our Lord 2022, we begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, almost most gracious Virgin Mary, that, that, never, was that never was it known that, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, intercession was, was left unaided. unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, hard to believe we're almost uh, a full year, fifty-one weeks of the chatter, Colleen. Oh well,
1: yeah, I, yeah. I think our audience is growing. My mom listened for the first time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Lots of people are doing it. Right. The lesser and greater are with us here today. Say hi, guys.
2: Hi, hi. And we can't chase them away, apparently.
0: No, no. <laughs> evidently not. Well, this is the fan <laughs> club here. I mean, you're coming in a close second to Hager. I mean, Hager's hands down the. Uh, everybody says, "Where's Mark?"
1: for a while there four shows with art art was close to becoming a regular
0: well art's going to be back here uh in july or uh, august because this uh this is just the beginning battles
1: it is he's got to give us an update um on what's happening in iowa now this will air too late for anybody listening but tomorrow night tuesday night the 12th there is an ecumenical purse service out of key west and art City's making a statement getting a statement ready to give there so is
0: that sponsored by dubuque county right to life you know it yeah
1: yeah so we'll, we'll have to find out tomorrow night but then we'll have him on the show
0: so we'll have art so we're recording this is monday the 11th this will air on the uh, weekend which is um the 16th and 17th of july and then it'll run again on the 22nd of july so uh, what do we got for feast days coming up in that 10 days period? You
1: know, we've got uh, St. Vincent de Paul.
0: Gotta love him. That's
1: you. a pretty big one. No, I'm looking at the old calendar. Right. I got St. Vincent de Paul coming Speaking up. Speaking
0: of that, look in the uh, ox, the bellowing ox. Uh, was it Catherine O'Brien who wrote a nice essay, or excuse me, did she write it or footnote it?
1: Keep, keep talking. <laughs>
0: so on, on I'm the what? only one. I'm, I'm on Saint Vincent de Paul. Am I the only guy that did it? There's some copies over on your left. I,
1: I haven't gotten my copy yet.
0: Yeah, it's in the mail. I got the advance copy sitting here. You'll have to grab a couple of those. Don't do like Art and put your headphone next to the microphone. No,
1: that'll be bad.
0: A, there was a woman out in Piasta who went up a telephone pole <laughs> when she heard that uh, Art. You can't do that here. Anyway, uh, Catherine's got an article in the latest uh, July-August bellowing ox on St. Vincent de Paul. Who else is in there?
1: Let's see. Well, this, again, this is the old calendar, so we got St. Bonaventure. I don't know much about him. What do we know about him?
0: uh, He is one of the angelic doctors with St. Thomas Aquinas, I believe. Do I have that correct?
3: It's not angelic. He was a contemporary of St. Thomas.
0: Seraphic. Doctor, um, angelic doctor.
3: Was it seraphic? It might be. I can't recall. Well, Seraphic's an angel. There's some great legends that the Dominicans and Franciscans would say back and forth. He and bon- he and Aquinas were very good friends, and yes. he wrote very well. I mean, he was a scholar like Aquinas. He just didn't survive history quite as well. Um, but there's rumors that Aquinas went and visited him one night, and he peeked in, and he he saw uh, Saint Bonaventure sitting in front of the cross, kneeling, and. So he interrupted him, and he said, what are you doing? He's like, well, this is where I get all the inspiration for my writing. This, You know, I, I sit in front of Jesus, and he tells me what I need to be writing. St. Thomas says, oh, that is beautiful. That is just so beautiful. So Bonaventure thought, maybe I should repay the favor. So he goes, and he does the same thing. It's late at night, and he goes and opens the cell of Aquinas, and he sees him conversing with an angel and decides to close the door and, and leave because he understands where it is. <laughs> No, that one was told by the Dominicans, Yeah, there's, well. some, there's some reverse, too, but I, I don't recall them. I was, I was more of a fan of Dominicans myself, so I always, you know.
0: Uh, the old Dominicans coming yeah. back here. So we got uh, Bonaventure, we got St. Vincent de Paul.
3: Yep, and then
1: some ones I, well, St. Henry.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Don't know much about Henry, either. Like yeah, I don't either. Him. And some and some other saints that I can't pronounce. So we'll yeah. go with Saint Vincent de Paul and Bonaventure
0: and Saint Henry
1: and Saint Henry, because those Saint names Henry. are all in English.
0: And the biggest item on the calendar has to be this is this is a uh, firestorm as of Monday the 11th. Can you imagine by this weekend and 10 days out on on July 22nd, we are doing the first Marian consecration to, It's its a total consecration to Jesus through Mary by way of St. Louis de Montfort. Yes?
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: So we are starting. Uh, so your listening will already be starting, but you can jump in here. On Wednesday, July 13th, this will conclude on the 14th of August, which is the day before the Assumption of Our Blessed Mother on Monday, August 15th. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yes. Very good. You gave me that look like I, I know, I'm went like I out that of bounds that was a on
1: Wednesday. That. I had to look at the calendar. No, you m- ri- it's You're right, Tom, as always.
0: Oh. <laughs> one <laughs> no, in a row.
1: We can record that. And we're just signing off that. right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So we're going to do this, and we are getting all kinds of calls. Now, here, here's what's going to happen. People are, the awareness is going up. Mm-hmm. We're going to start day one. So there are 33 separate and distinct. Brad Markham, you're the. Uh, the expert on this here so 33, yes.
3: Yes. yes I mean there's 30, 33, 33 days and 33 30
0: specific days that we're gonna go here
3: and there's various opening prayers there's um, selections of uh, true to devotion to Mary written by st. Louis de Montfort uh, there's Bible passages there is um, what's Some the campus um, imitation of imitation Christ, of Christ. Um, so it's it's pretty intense but it's well worth it I mean reading the true devotion to Mary he talks about, there's so much beautiful in there about Mary, but there's one section where he talks about Mary being like a factory where you mold yourself in her mold and she can just mold saints. And it's the swiftest, fastest way to making you a saint. So this time when I'm doing it, I'm making sure to really be committed to it and not just getting it done while I'm working out or, you know, that kind of thing. It's going right, to be.
0: Right. So we're, so we're going to do this. We've, we're recording all of those prayers you've just uh, described. Uh, we've got at least one beautiful hymn sung, Ave, Mara, yeah, Stella. Stella, by the uh, famous Flying Miller Girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're flying. <laughs> the famous Flying Miller Girls. This is just great. So this is going to come off there. So Colleen, we've got confirmation from the engineers. After they, uh, We gave them some smelling salts after we told them we were, we're going 6 a.m., 12 high noon, 6 p.m so that's mirrors the angelus mm-hmm. and then at 12 midnight so there's four time slots the recordings uh, we'll get a time on them but we're estimating they're going to be what brad 20 25 minutes uh, for right. these it, well depending three. on
3: what section of it you're in because the third section the rosary is part of it as well mm-hmm. so.
0: yeah we're going to have the rosary and we're um, th- that's going to be a, a chorus of voices on that so anyway if you're hearing this and you're saying i missed wednesday july 13th fret not
1: fret not just jump on in we welcome late comers if this is the first you're hearing about it
0: now you're probably hearing about us referencing a beautiful book brad we've got uh well we went, went through the first hundred real quick yeah so we've got
3: i think 90 or so
0: another 90 or 100 in here and, and, more, coming and in September. Uh, more, more coming in here so there are some uh, here at the KCRD Studios. We're getting a lot of calls at, at 563-231-3545. 231-3545. Info at kcrd-fm.org is the email. We're getting a lot of emails here. And uh, they're being picked up over at uh, Nativity Church.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think I saw a few at the Power of Prayer. Are there a couple over there? Or well,
0: you- they, they keep disappearing. <laughs> To keep disappearing the other, We've got, there the other
3: thing i want to do mention or announce is that um christopher went of the company of our lady of fatima is doing a four-part lecture series for our, yeah, what's our men's bible study group on the true devotion of mary while we're doing the consecration, all right um, so we got to talk so more about
0: this how does how do people because there's so a that's link the, right yeah
3: we're working on the tech right now but it's going to be we don't like using zoom so we're, we're finding something similar to zoom mr miller here is gonna
0: all right lesser what are we doing
3: Help us with that tech, but we're
0: working on it. So we're not, we are using Zoom. We don't. You, this is just a personal. Zoom will bias. be a fallback, but we'll have a link. Okay,
2: and um, I assume you probably put it on the website. Well, yeah, media. yeah,
0: we're gonna get it out in an email. We'll put an announcement on the air, and that's on, on the website. Thursday,
3: seven to eight a.m. But Christopher said we can use it whenever. So if we record, I don't, I don't know if we can record with that tech that we have. We'll Find but, a way.
0: Um, well, you can do it with Zoom. Boy, he just. His well, we, and we might have I to. Say yeah. so he doesn't, he doesn't.
2: We'll consecrate the chai comms too. Yeah.
0: Well, you're in the chatterbox now, aren't you? Okay. And All we're started. All right. So, uh, follow up. Yeah, I know the books are going out of the Power of Prayer Chapel, but we're replenishing them. So we will have a supply at the Power of Prayer. We will have a supply in the uh, Nativity uh back of the church. I think there's a beautiful uh divine mercy. Mm, there uh, is, yep. I hate to say picture. It's what is it? Image. Five by ten. Yeah. It's huge. Uh image. Thank you. We'll do that. We'll have some books there. So get in and and follow this here. Mm-hmm. I mean there's there's tremendous graces going on here.
3: I would mention too, we're gonna repeat it multiple times throughout the year four times a year we got feast days selected over the next three years and we're gonna do it over and over
1: and if you don't get a book you can tune in this is going to be on a podcast too right yes so no matter what time if you miss the 6 a.m reading of it prayers um but you wake up at 7 a.m go to the podcast i i think you'll be able to click on the podcast.
0: On the website here, and soon to be on version 2.0 on the KCRD mobile app here, as we work on that. So we were, you know, the engineers are working diligently and doing some of the. And we, this is a
1: big thing for them to do. We've asked them to do a big thing, but it's the same prayers that will be said at those four times in the day. So if you miss 6 a.m., you can catch it at noon. Right. If you can't finish it at the noon one, pick it up at the 6 p.m. one. It's the same prayers four times a day.
3: You got it. I was just going to say. That we're not doing four separate prayers at four different times a day. It's all the same, just repeated. It's all the same,
1: just repeated. Mm -hmm. The magic of radio and repeating things. Mm Good. So, but this is exciting, and I'm going to, we're going to also have to watch and see what Our Lady does after this.
3: Yes, Mm -hmm. agreed. I
1: think something, I think she's going to do something big.
3: It has been very exciting just being part of it and Mm -hmm. seeing people come out of the woodwork just Mm -hmm. on fire. I mean, I love Our Lady, and I love seeing other people Mm -hmm. on fire for her, so... Mm
1: -hmm. And some people that are asking for books, it's like, who are you? I mean, this is great.
3: Yeah, This is great. I think it was in
1: a local bulletin that it's happening, so people are picking that up going, hey, I'd like to do that.
0: Well, and we should encourage everyone who is on fire for this to spread it to their friends, neighbors, family, parishioners, friends Mm -hmm. in church here, let them know word of mouth is coming on here now I gotta go ahead
3: Brad I was gonna there? say from the, the Mount for true devotion to Mary Tom we always talk about this the what he talks about the Saints in the latter times that are Marian Saints mm-hmm. that they will tower above the Saints of old like the Le- cedars of Lebanon Lebanon I think mm-hmm. it's the
0: yes he, over to mention
3: I mentioned that because that, that could be you go push this
0: well that brings up a good point Saints are not made in heaven folks Saints are made on earth. If you're not a saint here on earth, you don't go to heaven.
1: That's right. But it does boggle my mind a little bit to think that St. Brad, St. Brad.
0: No, no. St.
3: Thomas. St. Brad the
0: Lesser. Oh, Brad the Lesser. St. Brad the Greater.
1: St. Thomas I like of that title. Let's get Dubuque. there, Brad. <laughs>
3: my kids always tell me there's no St. Brad. I'm like, I'm working on it. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine uh, people like us towering over Aquinas or Bonaventure or St. Vincent? It it blows my mind. It's just hard to imagine.
0: All right. Hmm. We got a few minutes left. And uh, we talked about this uh, last week when uh, a dozen of us guys were uh, getting together for coffee. Why do this consecration? Why do this? This is important. So if you're if you're listening right now, just just take a pause. A consecration to Jesus by way of our blessed virgin mother is very powerful. I'm going to make an analogy here. The Moses was instructed at the Passover in Egypt to slaughter the unblemished lambs with all of the families of the Israelites that were captives, that were slaves in there. The blood was then of this unblemished lamb was to be spread on the lintel and doorposts and the angel of death going through Egypt passed over the homes of the Israelites and they celebrate celebrated that Passover uh, until the time of Christ. They're coming in here. A consecration to Jesus by way of the Immaculate Heart of Mary is essentially entering into the protection, the protective mantle of our Blessed Mother in these horrid, horrific times. I have talked to so many people, and this is why we're doing this, Colleen. We've talked to so many people this early spring and summer that they feel oppressed. They feel that they can't go on. They feel, some people feel, without hope this is why we are doing this to to consecrate your family your soul your husband your wife your business whatever it is consecrate to Jesus through Mary and and say I relinquish all of my my temporal goods and I give them to Mary so that she can give them to Jesus and protect me blessed mother in the mantle of the Blessed Virgin. Think about that for a moment here. Now, let that angel of death fly through here. Let that angel of darkness fly through here. I'm betting on the Virgin.
3: Me too. Yep. One of the beauties, too, talking to Christopher, we were mentioning martyrdom, and he said one of the beauties of be, you know, becoming a slave of Mary and doing this consecration, he's like, all that worry goes away because she's going to use whatever comes your way for the saving of souls, hmm. so he said. If okay, if it's, if God will, that my head gets chopped off. Okay, that's Mary's will. She's gonna do good with it. Right, right.
0: So take a deep breath. Get into this Marian consecration. If you get to the game late, no matter. Start where you're at. You can go back and read some books and and he let the cat out of the bag that we're going to do it again here in the in the next uh, season but yeah we we are we are going to do that but let's let's get this going huh
1: yep i'm excited about
0: it should be should be well we're out of time in segment 1 of episode 51 here we're going to be right back in the chatterbox on FM 98.3 KCRD after these announcements We are back this is the chatter on fm 98.3 kcrd uh not live recorded and then we are uh on the podcast on kcrd-fm.org colleen's with us and we've got uh, brad the greater and brad the lesser with us and uh, what are we what are we talking about here synodal, synodal survey results synodal survey results yeah what are you um, seeing?
2: Well, the Dubuque Arch released theirs, uh, when was it? Was it uh, 10 days ago? About that. Something like that. And there, there's, there's quite a bit of, I think there's quite a bit of data, actually. I mean, besides not getting the raw data, there's still quite a bit of uh, summary information. In my read of it, it certainly seemed like there was a, a bent towards trying to figure out those parish markers in order to figure out which parishes are Mm going to have to close. Mm -hmm. Um, And really some of that's just practical when there's a certain number Mm -hmm. of priests and a certain number of parishes. I don't know what the numbers are currently for priests versus parishes in the archdiocese, but it's not pretty and not getting better. Um, So that's kind of an unfortunate reality. The other thing I kind of took out of it was there is, there is some of the same stuff that we're seeing out of the other synod surveys in other countries, the Germany's got their crazy. The same things coming out of France. A whole ball of crazy came out of Australia. What last mm-hmm. last week or in what the, in the last week? What was Australia? I missed that. Mm-hmm. Their Senate survey results. Mm-hmm. And then they actually had a a meeting or a conference or something, and they were going to vote on female women deacons. And uh, they got voted down. And then sixty of the bishops decided they were going to stomp their feet and protest and not partake anymore. So they voted again the next day and voted it in. So what happens? I voted in.
3: What that, happens? Um,
2: they want to do it basically. Oh yeah, I that's, get that. That's the recommendation so, to yeah. the Vatican, I believe. And
3: you're you're highlighting a point that has driven me nuts. I'd like to look at it from the thirty-five thousand foot view. Not worry about the internal pol- politics and in the debate. Did Christ found a democracy, a republic? <laughs> this is the you know, I'm going to go there. I'm sorry, but they a lot of theologians talked about Vatican II as a the french revolution in the church they're trying to make the church a republic it's a monarchy period and who's king the king is christ okay. obviously all right just wanted to and his vicar is the pope <laughs> wanted to make sure and when the pope is out there privately detracting right. from the hammer of tradition i like to call it he uh, is deviating and we know that he's deviating. well that begs so the
0: question then if if we're not the french revolution we're not we're not the republic of of whatever and why are we going through asking people's opinions letting them vote doesn't this uh, allow people to to falsely imagine False hope that yeah. that we're we're going well, to Aquinas, is change the, something mm-hmm. that's unchangeable is am yeah. I
1: right? And John Paul II, which is fairly recent in the history of the Pope, has said I think in ninety five that the Church has no authority to ordain women and that view must be held definitively by all the faithful. So you think that's end of story? Yeah,
0: and but yet there here you are, are. There you are in 20, Australia thirty years later. Of course everything goes uh, I mean even the water goes down the drain differently down there right right and then the pictures from the,
2: their synodal meeting or whatever they had the, they had a bowl in the middle of the tables with their whole little Pohamama set up oh stop it yeah but even even and even the here, paintings, paintings. Even here well, in the uh, is, right <laughs>
0: even here in in uh, Rockford Madison and Dubuque surveys they're they're uh, showing up about uh, ordaining women to the diaconate, yep.
3: and I know we've talked about this, but the theology doesn't work. It, it's a theological problem. It has nothing to do with power, and you know the the modern modernists want to make it all about political power. If you're a priest, you have political power. The theology doesn't work. If you're consecrating the Eucharist, number one, you're in persona Christi. He was not a woman. Number two, you're you're consecrating the seeds of eternal life. So if you consecrate the seed of eternal life, who carries the seed, the male, mm-hmm. and who receives the seed, the female, the church. If you have a woman in that spot, you cannot consecrate.
0: Correct. Got a note from a listener here. Colleen says that church already exists. Exactly. There there are, there are churches that already give divor- uh, divorced and the remarried the Eucharist. They mm-hmm. ordain married well they can't ordain they they uh, what, what is the term I guess they're calling it ordination but it's not, not apostolic. valid in in the apostolic line right. Pre- pretend ordain I don't know <laughs> and they have women deacons priests and bishops yeah yep
1: yeah so why don't people just if that's what's important to them why don't they just switch to the church that does that
3: That's the thing. You know, Aquinas said that's basically what a a heretic comes to church to change it. The Mm. non-heretic comes to church to be changed by it. Mm. Mm. Do we want to do God's will or do we want to do our will?
1: Mm. Mm. Good question.
2: Something you said, too, on Sunday, I think, uh, the greater, um, was you were talking about how there's shepherd and sheep. Does the shepherd ask the sheep what their opinion is on where to go and what well, to that, do and that, what to eat? No, that, he tells them where to go and what to do. He's looking has, out for them.
0: That uh, has me confused here. <laughs> Why are we asking people who don't believe in the Eucharist, I mean, by their own admission, we do not believe, 80% of us do not believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, and now we're going to ask help me chart the future of the church what's wrong with this picture well,
2: there's probably a couple different reasons why they would do it one they want those changes they want somebody else to say they want it they want the sheep to say hey we really want this crazy thing and then they'll do it wait well, hey, that's what they wanted we got to do it to do yeah okay but I mean the other the other side I suppose would be um, I don't know how to I really go uh, I don't know. I'm not going to go down that road. Not here.
0: Self-restraint <laughs> 7 minutes in For the once. second segment, <laughs> self-restraint. What do you say?
2: Well,
1: Brad the Lesser made a comment earlier that there's a lot of data on the Synod and, yeah. and the questions and I think and I think that there there is and they can go on the Archdiocesan website and look at some of the specific questions and some of the specific comments from the survey. Um so and that's kind of you know we've pulled that up uh, um and page to skip to page four of five right just get to the bottom line of what the summary paper is what's it saying says um there was enough agreement on the most important markers of parish vitality by the survey respondents to call it a win the top markers of parish vitality were identified as having Mass in the parish every weekend, okay. a sense of belonging,
0: okay.
1: and faith formation programming. So those were the top markers of parish vitality. If you remember, a lot of their questions were, um, a, a vibrant parish does this, a vibrant parish does that. They right, were looking right. for what what is a vibrant parish, what does a vibrant parish have? So according to the results, the top, top answers are parish in that a mass in that parish every weekend? Sure. Okay. Which and, is
0: going to be physically impossible.
1: Which is going to be physically impossible.
0: If, if it isn't going to be, uh, it already is.
1: Mm-hmm. So, And that I think will disproportionately affect the small rural parishes that share a priest so they don't have mass in their parish every right weekend so so think about that so let's just use a local close example st catherine's sure Small, local church right i don't think they have mass every weekend yeah well no you know what i'm taking that back right now i think between uh bellevue and saint Donatus and saint catherine i'm not sure if springbrook's in there or not i think they do like have sunday morning at one saturday night at one I think some of those clusters do manage to spread out the weekend mass and have it and have it every weekend. And
0: you've got Dickieville and Cuba City and Hazel Green and you've mm-hmm. got East Dubuque and Elizabeth and, mm-hmm. and all of that going on. Mm-hmm. So there's
1: it's So I think they do try to run around so that at least there's one mass.
0: Sure. All right, so that that was the first marker. What's mm-hmm. What was the second issue? The
1: second marker was a sense of belonging.
0: What does that mean?
3: Whatever you want it to mean, I think. Well,
0: yeah, what do you, you think they mean? What do you think?
3: I was going to say, if you have the unity of the faith, you get it naturally. But you yeah. have to believe what the church teaches mm-hmm. and fo- try to follow it. Mm-hmm. But what they mean by it, you know, it's probably you go to Mass and you leave and you don't know anybody, you don't make any friends. That kind of thing. That would be my guess.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder, too, if it's a sense of belonging. You know, a lot of families uh, stay in the same parish. A lot of people were baptized at their church. They received their sacraments at their church. Maybe mm-hmm. their parents oh, were sure. baptized at their ch- that church. Maybe their grandparents were baptized. So there's almost this generational uh, sense of that's just our church. That's where we go. That's where we belong.
0: That's my pew.
1: That's and that's my <laughs> pew, and you go to a different mass, it's like who's sitting in my pew? Yeah,
3: yeah. I've heard that about Dubuque in general that it's mm-hmm. kind of a clicky town. Like, I mean, I'm a. You know, a is that born a click, or, or is, a, is
0: a sense of is a sense of belonging a click?
1: I guess to some degree, right? You belong in your click. Yeah. Or but what's the, the other the sense term? of
2: belonging really should be based on like like Brad said the the faith. That's where your that's where if your sense of belonging is based on. The building. Well, based now you're on going into the, now
0: you're going into the third part of the uh, survey, Colleen. Well, how was that referred to? What was the phrase?
2: The faith formation programming.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The third um, marker was faith formation programming.
0: Okay, so that's that's coming out, and. And how was how was the the preface of it all was saying that that we were happy or we we got three? What was the setup to the? There was three? enough
1: agreement among laity, religious, and clergy to call it a win. So he's saying that laity, religious, and clergy have all kind of agreed. There was enough agreement that the top three markers are having mass in the parish every weekend, a sense of belonging, and faith formation programming.
0: All right, let's let's wonder what that means. Well, here's the deal: if that's top three, faith formation programming. And the devil of the details is we want to give the Eucharist to divorced and remarried. We want to ordain women to the diaconate. We want to ordain married men to the to the uh, priesthood. And we want to give Blessings, presidents... So. Representatives and senators, the Eucharist, anytime, anywhere, how can those, those response, the devils of the details, when you dig down and, and take a look at the responses, how, how can that be reconciled with the top three that says we need great faith formation, that that's one of the signs of a vibrant parish?
1: so a good question is what does faith formation mean specifically yeah is it forming the faith as traditionally taught down through the generations or is it forming the faith according to um, maybe what the you know um, what we just said the bishops in Australia want to do you yep. know some of that heterodox stuff that you I, were just listing. I
3: would think it's the former i I think that the craziness you're talking about is probably a a much smaller minority of people requesting that than we would think. And that the faith formation is people are like, we don't know our faith. I mean, I I can talk about our parents.
0: Is it it the squeaky wheel?
1: I think it's the small percent that's
2: loud. Yep. I don't think it's that small of a percent, though. I mean, you've got the entire culture pushing a lot of those same things and saying that's what the Catholic Church is. Well, yeah, but that's
0: that's hard to tell when you say the entire culture and the... uh, and the well, the media, of the, well, social yeah, but media. Th- but th- that's not an independent uh, uh, voice box, is it? I mean, that that's not reflective of, is it? No. No, I don't think so. All right. So, I mean, uh, the, you know, the
3: loud minority. <laughs> it's yeah. The oh, there yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, who
0: owns it? Who owns the media?
1: Right. So, I would guess, my two cents would be, there's a small percentage that are the loud m- minority quacking about we want all that stuff that's not what we believe as catholics and i think the vast majority of catholics go we don't know we don't know i just need to be a good person Hmm. right so i don't think that the vast majority of catholics are pushing for that stuff necessarily but i don't think they even know their tradition so they just want to be a good person
3: well on the formation thing i have to get a plug in for our parish um there's a number of kids going up to the shrine, uh, to get confirmed by, um, Cardinal Burke. And our priest over in Platteville is requiring them to go through the Baltimore Catechism on confirmation. And it is a challenge. He's failed several of them. He's making them. I think, I think he likes to fail them. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but for instance, I have my, one of my sons is going through it and, um, you ask him any question on there, and Father father was quizzing him, and he, he kind of stumbled on the question, and he says, well, um, wait, is that number nine or number seven? Because <laughs> he had him like, memorized that well. But, I mean, it's amazing to me. It, he can he can tell me the precepts of the church, the Ten Commandments. He knows the uh, ho- old holy days of obligation. Um, he can name all the sacraments and what they do. I mean, it was just impressive. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, what they are. Wow. Um, it's just very impressive what kids, but what it's led to in my home is just these great theological conversations with my son. You know, he's asking me all these questions about saints and what happens in the new new earth when Jesus remakes the earth. Like, will I be able to fly? And, you know, just stuff like that, you know.
0: That's awesome. Well, will he be able to fly?
3: Well, we'll be able to do more than what we can do here. I know that much. <laughs>
1: but isn't that great? And I think part of what you're talking about right there is People might be surprised that there's actually stuff to know, right? Right. They don't just have to be a good person. There's actually stuff to know.
3: And the grace flows better if you have that knowledge. Yeah. That's on the back of the cover of this Baltimore Catechism on Confirmation is that if you have this knowledge, God will give you more. Mm -hmm.
2: And you really don't have to lean on your parish to get your faith formation. I mean, yeah, it's great to get it there, but there's so many resources. I mean, you could listen to KCRD.
0: Well, that, that's a good point here. And uh, we're bumping up on the uh, uh, end of, of uh, the second segment here, Brad. But the question here is, uh, there, that is a really a poignant question. So uh, clergy, laity, and religious are in agreement, Colleen, uh, that these are the three things that make a vibrant parish, number three being uh, faith formation and when we come back we need to go deeper on that because are Catholics outsourcing their faith formation to a parish or a pastor or, or whatever and is that the right posture for Catholics when we come back on The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. We're back. This is The Chatter. Brad Markham is with us. Brad Miller is with us. And, and uh, Colleen, it is, uh, it is quite a night here. We've got all kinds of things going on. We left with a, uh, a poignant question here. Is it, is it the parish's responsibility to educate Catholics or is it the Catholics' responsibility to educate themselves? And do we have a couple of generations who have outsourced what's going on here with what mm-hmm. what, uh, what say you colleen
1: well i say what the church says that parents are the primary educators of their children period so you can't really outsource that to your church or a school or anybody else it ultimately you are the um, one responsible for educating your children in the faith however having said that i know a lot of people feel like well i didn't learn anything how can i pass anything along um, so i would like to hear from the parents of younger children how you educate your children in the faith so it gives our listeners some practical ways that you do that
3: well i can tell you as i've become more traditional as i've learned the faith better myself um, it has changed where when my kids get the sacraments dad is sitting in a chair with them four or five nights a week going through these and making sure they can, and yes, it's hard. It's a challenge, uh, especially when you're using terminology that young children don't run into, like incarnation and redemption and those those types of things. But as I said in the last segment, it leads to these beautiful, beautiful conversations with your children. And if you don't know the answers, which none of us are have an infinite mind other than God himself, we don't know everything. And that's one of the beauties of Catholicism in general is that You're always expecting, you know, I don't like to quote Pope Francis, but he, you know, God is the God of surprises. In the Catholic faith, you have never exhausted it. So no one, you know, the old line, I went to 12 years of Catholic school, so I know everything. No, you don't. You know, there is just more and more to discover. You can find it, the beauty in the churches. You can find it in Thomas Aquinas, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent. When you're teaching your children, you have these beautiful conversations. When you don't know the answer, like, we go to the Baltimore Catechism. I'm learning right alongside my kids. I have a little bit, I'm older, so I have a little bit quicker intellect and I memorize it a little faster. So I'm memorizing these things. I would. I, I can say I grew up, I'd heard the Ten Commandments, I'd read them, I never memorized them. I've got to memorize now because I'm teaching them to my children. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it takes you back into the tradition of the faith too because you think of just the ancient Israelites sitting around teaching their children this. And it's just kind of beautiful to sit there and listen to them recite the Ten Commandments and think, I'm part of this wonderful, beautiful tradition, mm-hmm. and it, you're just passing on God's wisdom, so it's it's really a beautiful experience, I think.
0: You can see it almost four or five nights a week, the campfire at the Markhams with the chickens running around and, <laughs> and all the little Markhams there. Well,
3: we had we had family reunion this past week, and they said, wow, you guys are like, we're Catholic, but you guys are like Cathaholics. <laughs> That's <laughs> what one of my nephews said to because my kids, we abstain on Fridays, and um, they were we were going through the confirmation studies with them, with the family press. I mean, we would pull them aside. It wasn't everyone sitting in a room listening to it, but they were. And actually, some of my nephew, older nephews, were saying, "Man, I wish I would have gotten taught this." Hmm. Hmm.
0: It's an opportunity missed. What say you? Well, from our our side
2: of it, since we homeschool, we've been doing that for I don't know, twelve years, maybe something like that. Um, a lot of the teaching of the faith is built into the curriculum that we use. So by default, as parents, we're already teaching the kids the faith. So to go a step further than that, um, we've really had to focus on demonstrating the faith for them, so they can see how we how we practice the faith.
0: So what are some examples there?
2: Um, obviously, the way the way we approach the sacraments, um, just basically our demeanor of the sacraments, um, having the kids see us in prayer, praying with them, for them, leading them in prayers. So g- g- new give prayers. some
0: con- concrete examples of, of the uh, reverence for the sacraments.
2: Um, I guess I can go back and tell a story. When we first stumbled into East Dubuque, um, we had never seen a communion rail before, at least one that we paid attention to, and that's what they used to receive. So that was the first time we ever received kneeling on the tongue. And our kiddos will not do anything otherwise at this point because they just don't feel like it's right to do anything otherwise. Um, so that's probably one good example. We'd never heard Latin before we went over there, and there was only like two parts of the Mass that were Latin, but we came out of that and we were we got to learn Latin. So we had to teach the kids Latin, and now they obviously, you heard the singers. Mm-hmm. And if
1: I could just interject here, in seeing your family at Mass, I would say one of the ways that you do that is the way that your whole family dresses for Mass. Your girls are all in dresses or skirts. Um, I think that's a nice nonverbal way to show that you recognize the sacredness of what's happening, that it's something special that's happening. Um, So I want to interject that. Yeah, I
0: think dress is a big thing, especially for women. I did a search last week. There is no patron saint of cleavage. (laughs) A little sidebar, I just heard a story of a guy who was um, he was
2: talking about trying to dress better in his day-to-day life, and he decided, he was going on a trip with his family, he decided to wear a suit when he was flying on a plane, and he said, nobody has ever treated him so well, as like going mm. to the airport, getting mm-hmm. on the plane, mm-hmm. on the plane, he was getting free drinks because he was wearing a suit, and he right. looked sharp.
1: Okay, so this is a little off-tangent, yeah. but speaking of dressing...
0: It's the chatter. <laughs> it's the chatter, what a free association.
1: Um, We were at uh, Mundelein last weekend and there was a picture there of the Eucharistic Congress that they had in 1926, Uh, like 800,000 people. In 1926 at Mundelein for Eucharistic Congress and you can look at the pictures of the crowds. Every woman's in a dress with a hat, every man's in a suit, tie, vest, hat. I did not see one single White Sox jacket. (laughs) Right? Well, you're on the north
0: side. I didn't see any sweatpants. (laughs) That's cub territory. (laughs) Oh,
1: I didn't see a single cub jacket. Darn it. It's only a few years
2: after the Black Sox deal, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I thought, look at that whole crowd. And then what really struck me, too, was a few days earlier for our wedding anniversary, we went to Potosi to the uh, little brewery there, and they had a museum. And so all these pictures of working guys driving the uh, beer wagon with all the kegs in it, you know they're not making a whole lot of money. They're in coat, nice pants, mm-hmm. well, what we would call today nice pants, some of them a tie, all a hat, and you know they were not the wealthy people. No. Everybody dressed in a way that was civilized. Right. I just thought, yeah, hmm. so this maybe that's why I thought of how your girls dress. It's been in my mind lately.
0: So what else specifically or intentionally do you do to um, convey – the sanctity of the sacraments. Um,
2: I mean we make a make a huge deal out of when one of the kids receives one of the sacraments. Um, obviously in the lead up to it, we do the same the same prep that everybody else the does going calf through
0: for what do you do here?
2: Oh, I mean, so two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago? We had a first communion. Mm-hmm. We had a party pretty much the whole day. We had one up at church afterwards. We went home and had another one that went for about 6-7 hours and yeah, it was just great. It's it's we actually will kind of remember those those days in the future too. Like this was the day you had your first communion. Mm-hmm. Kind of just bring that back to mind.
0: Who was the priest recently that talked about? Uh, uh, and he was uh, in in Wisconsin and a and a Packer fan, which I guess you know you can do that. But talked about if you if you've got season tickets. How much you've got to pay to get on the season ticket lottery pool, and then you got to, if you get chosen, then you got to buy your tickets. So you got to, you got to pay to play, and then you got to pay to get the tickets, and then you've got season tickets, and you've got these, uh, you know, what, uh, twelve games. So you got, you got six tickets, six weekends, eight weekends, whatever you've got, and uh, and you don't live in Green Bay, and you've got to uh, drive. So. You got to get up there. You got to get a hotel. You got you got to have the right uh, clothes to tailgate. You got to have the right food, and uh, you're doing the whole thing. And we got people that are complaining that they've got to drive five or ten minutes to go to Mass. Damn. And they uh, and they got to leave before it's over. Nobody nobody leaves before nobody leaves Lambeau before uh, the game is finished because there's something going on after the game, right? There's tailgating before. There's tailgating afterwards, and uh, and we just treat the the uh, the obligation. And then when you go back to this the
2: survey about talking about parishes having to close, well, if if that's what has to happen, we're still going to go. You know, we're still going to go wherever the wherever the parishes we have to go. We're going to drive as far as we have to go. I mean, that's how far would you go to go to mass? As far as we have to.
0: Well, if Mm -hmm. 70 or 80 percent of the Catholics aren't going in any given diocese, how many of these churches would be full? All of them. Every weekend, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Even in those uh, rural parishes you mentioned earlier. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, but you're right. You make a good point. So let's say I live out in rural Iowa and my parish closes. Am I off the hook for going to Sunday Mass? Mm
3: -hmm. No, no.
1: Why not? My uh, parish is closed.
3: I just went through the commandments, right? Third commandment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty simple. A man a few words. Third <laughs> commandment.
0: Which which really, that got me when they uh, changed the uh, what shut them down two years. It was 2020, the year of infamy yeah. when they closed the churches. How, how can you uh, now abrogate the third commandment?
3: Right.
2: I mean, there was the parking lot masses going on. There was there was priests letting people know when they were out in a cemetery praying a mass and they would show up and mm-hmm. kneel yeah. in the snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
1: I think we need to actually explicitly say that to people. If your parish, unfortunately, is closed, you still need to get to mass. You still have to go somewhere, right?
0: Right. Yeah. And we're talking about that third item on the uh, survey, that, that uh, laity religious and, and clergy are agreeing on that faith formation is uh important in a vibrant parish mm-hmm. at least based on the survey
3: and the just the way you treat you know the lex orandi we go uh, we hear that lex orandi lex credendi law you of prayer speak, speak the law you know, of prayer is law everybody of on the east side how do you how you pray is how you believe and i've seen this because i've i'm a recent Move into the traditional side of things, you know. In the last three years, so my kids, some of them were raised in kind of the modern way things are done, and some are being raised now in tradition. We only attend the TLM now, and at the TLM, you're on your knees, receiving on the tongue. It's you—you you don't get it in the hand. My kids, the way they treat the Eucharist and understand the—this is not dad teaching though. I mean, there is the catechism side of things, but they—they they recognize it now. We go to masses where they. Are nonchalant about it and it, it bothers my children well sure where's that where is that coming from it's not there by what is the word osmosis it's like they're just absorbing it as they see Wow only father's touching it and only lady receive it and by the way there's a priest in the confessional during mass and there's a line all the way out to the street and anyone that doesn't get there doesn't seem to go up for communion. there must be something special going on in that little what looks like a little piece of bread up there mm-hmm.
0: And we asked the question about outsourcing your uh, Catholic education here. Colleen, you had an interesting thing. Uh, perhaps the parents don't know because they can't teach the children because the parents don't know, but there's a possibility that the grandparents don't know.
1: Oh, definitely a possibility the grandparents don't know.
0: Perhaps it might go to great-grandparents, but let's ask this question. We've got about four minutes that we can talk about this. Are you absolved by way of your ignorance? Are you absolved from committing a sin if you don't know your faith?
1: In 2022, I'd have to say no.
3: Well, there is such a thing in theology as invincible ignorance. But invincible, the way Aquinas relates to this is like you're shooting an arrow at a target and someone, you miss the target and there happens to be someone walking behind them and you kill him. You hit him with the arrow. That's invincible ignorance. You had no idea there was a person there. You were shooting at a target, but to Colleen's point, there, do you've got your computer in your pocket that can tell you answer any question you have? Do you really have that? That so it'd be like before you shoot that arrow, you look on your GPS and there's someone walking there, and you're like, oh, I better not shoot my arrow. You know? So uh,
0: the reason I ask it here is is uh, we've got people who are advocating based on survey results to give the Blessed Sacrament to people who are in mortal sin, divorced and remarried, supporting the killing of children, whatever those items are, and they're saying we should we should be open, we should meet them where they're at, we should extend the sacraments to them. That's that's not invincible ignorance.
1: That's not no. invincible ignorance. Not not today. Not in twenty twenty two. When if you hear that, you go, "Is that is that right?" At least people should be thinking to themselves, "Is that right?" Because that seems there's a lot of talk about that. What does the church teach?
0: And I think and I think Aquinas. Uh, as I was uh, reading some of this over the weekend, Brent, uh, just not Catholics. Let's talk the Aboriginal. Uh, go back to Australia, Australia. somebody in the mm-hmm. outback here, that they may not have heard Christ. And so uh, Aquinas says, well, they don't die based on on their ignorance, they die on their actual sin. They are dead to salvation based mm-hmm. on their sin. So... I mean you, you can talk about uh, bring it back here in to the tri-state area in the diocese it it uh, you might have some ignorance about what your faith is and that might be invincible but you're you've still committed sin
3: right
2: so it mitigate the 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 severity of it, I suppose.
1: It does because one of the criteria for mortal sin is full knowledge, right? That's one of the criteria. So if you don't have the full knowledge, that that can lessen your culpability. But we can all read. We're not out in you know an Aboriginal tribe going not knowing how to read, not having access to anything. Yeah, but I'm
0: I'm trying to split the hair more finely than that, Colleen. I'm talking about Catholics who say. I believe we should, I mean, they're doing a survey, Uh, what I'm talking about, let's take it out of this diocese, let's go down under. The Catholics who voted, or had their survey, that said, we want these items here, that's...
2: We want to ordain women as
0: deacons. Yes, we want to give the sacraments to people who are uh, not in a state of grace. Yeah.
1: That's what they're saying. In and Australia. that's and that's
0: even happening here. We're we're getting people who believe that people who are not in a politicians, lay people, moms and dads who are not in a state of grace should have access to the sacrament of unity.
2: And the thing that the thing that's crazy about that is denying someone communion is not is not some sort of negative action. That's an act of love. I mean if you look at Saint Paul in scripture you're keeping them from drinking damnation upon their souls. It's an act of love to keep them from making things worse. Well, but that's yeah. like completely forgotten.
3: And the way confession and the Eucharist work together that way to free you from sin. Yeah. You know, when you when you have to stand in front of your community and not receive communion, you know, and I believe there's been times where I'm like, ooh, should I, should I not? I'm going back and forth. Was that Was that a, you know, like, for instance, telling a white lie? Oh, I don't know if I should receive communion. I mean, I've I've broken a commandment, and I'm, but it was just like my mom's hat looked ugly, and I thought it was pretty, or you know, like. But can I do? And the, uh, there's a distinction there where there can be venial and mortal, depending on what you're lying about, and whether you're malicious in it, and that sort of thing. But the way they work together, you know, it gets you into those graces because you you realize, yeah, well, maybe I shouldn't. I'll go to c- well. The, re- first. the reason
0: I'm asking and pushing this this question this envelope, is because of the number three item that says, we need more faith formation. Mm -hmm. So if Catholics locally are giving synodal responses to the survey that say, we believe we need better faith formation, you better buckle up, because what you ask for is not what you're voting for. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're right. If they get the proper faith formation, they're going to be like,
0: oh, I had the wrong idea on that, and that, and that. More on this to come in future (laughs) shows, I say this. Here, we're out of time, Colleen. We are. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the 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 Son,
3: and to the Holy Spirit,
2: Spirit,
1: as
3: it was was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, be,
2: world without without end. end. Amen. Amen.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
0: Amen. And you are? Brad Miller.
3: Brad Markham.
1: Colleen Pasnik.
0: I'm Tom Oglesby. Tune in again next week to The Chatter. We love you.